Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton, here reporting as per usual for the Cups and Cakes Network. Today I'm excited to share an interview that I did with Daniel Romano and his outfit on their uh, recent visit to the Starlight Room in Edmonton, Alberta. I talked to Daniel and sometimes, uh, sometimes occasionally his bandmates throughout the interview but uh, all kinds of things, largely centered around their brand new record, La Luna, a kind of uh, prog rock orchestral masterpiece that is uh, functionally one thirty-five or so minute song. Uh, of course, we cover uh, the writing and recording of that record. We also talk about uh, how you get cans of oil for free, completely free and completely legally. Of course, there is some foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And, as per usual, you can find other episodes of this podcast, as well as other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes Network website at cupsandcakespod.com. One more time for all y'all in the back, that's cups, the letter N, cakespod.com. Here's Daniel Romano. My name is Daniel Romano. Uh, I do... Uh, rock and roll uh, from Canada. Two-timer, Daniel Romano. Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, agreeing to do this a second time. I just caught part of the sound check for the show tonight. We're at Starlight Room. What would you think about it? Oh, it was good. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> the show will be a, it'll, it'll sound a lot like that, but it'll probably be a little more energetic. Yeah, a little longer, too. And a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, this is, uh, of course, inside the artist's studio. Uh, Going to run you through some rapid-fire stuff and then uh, chat a whole bunch about the new record and uh, if the past few episodes or anything to go by, chat a whole bunch about songwriting stuff. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, yeah, we'll dive into it. Uh, is there a specialty dish that you cook or bake that uh, makes people think of you? <sighs> no, I'm a, not a good cook. Although people, people are like, you can do it, you just don't do it. But... Um, I mean, I, whatever. I can like follow a recipe, but I don't feel like it's my calling, you know. And I also like um, restaurants, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I tend to, I tend to, uh, I like to sort of um, patronize uh, restaurants. Do you like? Do you enjoy cooking, and you just feel like you're bad at it? No, or... I think it's kind of the opposite. I think gotcha. I'm okay at it, and yeah, I don't yeah. really enjoy it. That's but fair. only because like I don't know how I don't know like what I'm doing, and I don't like not knowing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm in the weird position of somebody who's like pretty picky, doesn't yeah. like a lot of food. Sure, really like cooking, and so okay, well that makes sense because that gives you the control, right? That's yeah, maybe it's I guess just a control thing. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. That's why I do almost everything I do. <laughs> uh, do you prefer tea or coffee? Uh, coffee. I like both, actually. But in the morning, I'll have coffee. But not uh, not a lot. Just one. Yeah. Does caffeine hit you pretty hard? or? Um, it, it does, actually, yeah. I can only really handle one, uh, one cup yeah. of coffee. And then... That's pretty good. But I can have like a Coca-Cola and not freak out or like uh, whatever. Um, green tea is uh, a little easier to yeah. take. It's kind of like slow release or something. I don't know what happens there with the matcha. but um, <laughs> Well, I know like there's more caffeine in black tea yeah. than there is in coffee. Yeah. Even. 
um, and I can have a cup of tea and not feel how do you anything. take how do you take it with tea yeah like a little bit of milk yeah like a little no, bit of sugar no sugar a little bit of sugar a little bit of sugar yeah. you know i often do the uh thing where i'll make like some vanilla syrup yeah yeah and put a little bit of vanilla syrup that's in there. fun some earl gray it's like yeah. a lazy man's uh london, london fog. fog totally uh great drink yeah i think that was that was the intro again to like a picky kid who didn't like drinking coffee being like yeah i'll have a London, a London fog. fog it's yeah. like a sweet, but still kind of adult feeling drink. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you ask anybody else, they'll probably say that sugar is my drug of choice. <laughs> and I mean, it's probably true. Do you ever fuck with like fancy sodas? No, not really. Like, I mean, like if I'm at a bar and people are drinking and stuff, I'll probably have like a um, whatever, like a. Like a like a hipster seltzer of some kind, like a whatever, just a so it's like just soda water with blood orange flavor or something, you know, something yeah, yeah, yeah. something interesting. I like that that stuff. Yeah, like a flavor that's unusual enough that they can charge you a little bit of money for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's in like a can that you know, it's like got it's a weird wrap or whatever. Uh, oh, ideally, yeah. But I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's just like from Brampton or something. <laughs> What's the first car you ever owned? Um, uh, it was a uh, what was it? a Buick LeSabre. <laughs> okay. Is it- oh no, that's not true. Oh. A Ford Econoline. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like the classic, like the van. The van. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I only had vans for almost ever. I had two cars in my life, and first one was very reluctantly, uh, which was the Buick LeSabre. Yeah. Which actually uh, exploded in calgary i was exploded, on tour exploded how i like, was on tour with um uh julie dueron and fred squire and we were staying at chad van galen's house and um the engine uh the whatever we blew a head gasket so uh that was bad and and <laughs> chad kept trying to get me to buy all these really old cars he was finding on the internet <laughs> Um, yeah. To just replace one bad thing with another, you know. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't end up doing. I think we rented like a SUV or something weird, and it and flew home. But yeah, I kind of had like a. I guess it was just one car. It was that my older brother got into like a bunch of what I would call dramatic car accidents. Sure. That were like, you know, he's like fine. Yeah, um, but like they were bad. They were bad. Yeah. And then I got my first car i was like 16 grew up yeah. in a small town so yeah. it's like pretty normal what small town uh north battleford saskatchewan okay um so like not like tiny right? yeah yeah um but yeah what's the then, population uh, about ten thousand people oh yeah okay um but uh yeah very first trip out of town on the highway the car just slowed down yeah and stopped and yeah. never started ever again yeah and it was like oh did you blow a head gasket I, 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 was there I white no smoke clue. coming out the back Probably. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that might be a that might be a problem there. Yeah, because I remember it being just that there was not like I think it was that there was an oil leak in the car. Sure. And it just ran out of oil. Yeah, and, that's bad. Yeah. Uh, when Attack and Black did our first tour ever, we had a we burned oil really bad in the terrible van we had, and we had to get a lot of oil, most of which we didn't pay for. <laughs> Real quick, where does one get free oil? <laughs> Um, it rolls off the rack in the front of the gas station. 
and then somebody else kicks yeah. it in under the van and then somebody else grabs it and puts yeah. it into the van yeah there's a very specific set of steps but as long as you do those steps in that order yeah legally by at least alberta law it is free yeah uh, if it rolls you're allowed to take it <laughs> is there a hobby or a pastime that you surprised yourself by getting into um no, no nothing surprises me anymore <laughs> as far as when it comes to hobbies or or pastimes uh i just like uh I like anything uh, crafty or, or creative or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Do you, um, do you pick thing, new things up pretty often then? Is that like pretty normal? It's basically I'm very utilitarian. It's always about uh, necessity. Right. If I need something and can't hire it out, then it means I have to figure out how to do it. This is a good time to talk about the thing that you're selling right now. What's, sure. Uh, what's going on there? This is uh, going to be uh, sort of a felt letterman patch okay for the sweater i'm wearing oh, okay um i'd rather not divulge in the meaning of it but um yeah uh yeah so this is a perfect example of what we were talking about yeah yeah i was like i know i can get somebody to do this but i already had the <laughs> felt so yeah the the sweater itself has what i would call like some really just top-notch uh, like vintage curling sweater yep kind of vibes yep just trying to sort of maximize that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you are working on recordings, yeah, is there like, like a perfect studio snack that you like to have handy? Oh, um, is there? What do we usually well, the, get? The Jamaican place that just moved in next door. That's true, but it's that's more of a meal. Like if we're snacking, what are we snacking on? Yeah, what do we snack on? Yeah, it's like like goldfish. We get goldfish. Yeah, goldfish fucks pretty hard. Yeah, that's one of those things that you have when you're like five years as a child, and then ten years later, it's like, oh no, yeah, it's time for goldfish. These are very very good as it turns out. I bought some of the like you know the animal cracker cookies. Oh yeah, those are like those are like graham crackers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like those. Um, I'm a cook. Yeah, I like cookies and crackers, and all that kind of stuff. Oreos. Oh yeah, yeah. Oreo is a good. Uh, that's a good cookie. Yeah, re- real quick in the room. How do we feel? Oh, also, there are people in the room with us. Oh yeah. Who yell very loud? The mics don't pick up. Great, far away. Juliana. Really oh knows. yeah. Roddy Rossetti. You know you're normally louder than that. Yeah. <laughs> That was quieter than your normal speaking voice. Okay, hang on. Let me try this again. Roddy Rossetti. There we go. That's his actual In speaking stereo. voice. stereo. Carson McCone. There it is. There we go. Oreos with milk. Question. Uh, yeah. Yes. I mean, but milk is gross. So <laughs> almond milk or oat milk or Fair something. Fair point. Huh? Somebody was I telling me. the uncommon opinion that I, uh, I don't like Oreos. Yeah, I just don't like Oreos. Okay. Don't come for me. <laughs> We, like we still let her play in the band. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's more for you. My brother's girlfriend bought me, I think, was it for Christmas this year? Yeah. She bought, like, what was it? Like, 24. honestly, it had to have been 24 packs of Oreos. Like, 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 like regular household packs. Like, like when tw- you order T-shirts, mm-hmm. like a huge order for the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big cardboard box. Yeah. She filled it with Oreos. 
And the worst part about that is that they're not around anymore. Yeah. They have been disappeared. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, they've been disappeared. Yeah, I did that when I was when I was running a basement studio for a while. I lived very close to a real Canadian wholesale club. Yeah. And bought like a carton of pixie sticks. Oh. Because I was like, this is going to go down so smooth. And pixie sticks, eh? You thought that. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you can't stop eating them even if your mouth really very badly hurts. That's like Sour Patch Kids. It, yeah. hurt, it hurts you after a yeah. while. Uh, if you could uh, open for any band, uh, who would you want to open for? We'll say we'll say uh, past or present, living or dead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the MC Five. Okay. What? What? What is it that uh, draws you that uh, that way? I think that's the only band we could open for where we would be not as good as the band. <laughs> good answer. Is there a social media account you uh, like to follow? It brings you some joy, or do pasta you... grannies? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is pasta grannies? Let's pasta grannies is little Ita- Italian ladies making homemade pasta from scratch. Yeah, and that's it. Just like short, like very wholesome, nice videos. Yep. Okay. Yep. They do like different kinds of pasta, or is it always spaghetti? Uh, no, it's never spaghetti. Okay. Um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of tortellini. Um, what else they do, Jules? Uh, they do morichette. Yeah. Um, What's your favorite noodle shape? What's, oh, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, yeah, uh, God, why can I not think of names? What are the little spiral fuckers? What Fusilli? are Fusilli. Yeah, yeah, those are good. There's also one really good episode where this uh, Nana makes. <laughs> they're all here. Off, they're, off yeah. Let me pass you a mic. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Yeah, there we There's go. There's one episode where um, a pasta granny makes uh, spinach lasagna. Oh. And it's like just like my Nona used to make. So yeah, yeah. I watched that from time just to time. Just like my Nona used to make. Just like my Nona used to make. <laughs> My favorite pasta shell? Yeah. The oversized shell. Like the shell. The like shell. that you would that make stuffed shells with. Yeah, that you make stuffed shells yeah. with. That's oh, yeah. That's my favorite. Like a cantaloupe. What's that have a, That has like yeah. a name name. Yeah. No, like a, like a, it's like a shell. It looks and like it kind of closes. Oh, it looks like a shell. okay. And they stuff them like with ricotta and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. Interesting What's choice. That we love. Casareche. Casareche. Yeah, that one's. <laughs> That's the perfect uh, uh, pasta, is casareche. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect, and shout out to Jonah Falco, who, who hyped me to it. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a perfect uh, sauce vessel. It holds, it blends. I know uh, there's a couple, uh, I guess it started as one store, but became a kind of small local chain in Edmonton of the Italian Center Grocery. Yo, yeah. Um, which I live very, very close to. And so I've made a habit of just buying what seems like fancy pasta. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's just expensive. And yeah. I'm buying it for no reason because they can fool people like me. Yeah. <laughs> but Casareche, uh, that's what you want. Conchiglie. What's that's that? The, that's the, that's the shell? shell. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Uh, No. 
do you remember do you remember the first song you wrote where you were where you thought to yourself this isn't awful yeah uh uh la luna (laughs) (laughs) yeah always the most recent one is a good answer (laughs) do you do you tend to look back on stuff that you've done in the past and and not be terribly happy with it no i just don't do that at all fair yeah, that that we don't sort we don't even source material when we're when we're learning old material. We just kind of try to remember and then change it entirely. I know uh, there's a there's a interview with Jeff Tweedy where he's talking about who is that? Uh, he's the frontman in Wilco. Gotcha. Um, where he's talking about early days of writing, um, deciding that he was not going to write any lyrics down because if they were good he'd remember them sure was the reasoning you have to have a good memory for that though (laughs) but it kind of becomes more interesting if you have a bad memory too yeah because it's like oh yeah things really have to be very very good for them to stick with you we got a lot of words we got to remember in our show and and you know that that's that's tricky but you know it's weird like the muscles the muscles take over from the mind yeah, I often find that if I'm going to perform stuff and I'm sitting around before trying to... Well, as soon like, as you think you're screwed. As soon as you think oh, yeah. about it, it's like, oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. I got nothing. It happened to me the other night. Where was that? Portland? Seattle. 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 Right. I was like, what's the next line? Gone. Yeah. No, uh, no way of ever retrieving it. Luckily, Jules had the muscle <laughs> memory and uh, uh, sang it for me. Yeah, it got yeah. me back on track. But uh, yeah, it was just... It couldn't have been farther away from my mouth and my brain. <laughs> uh, two of these uh, rapid-fire guys left. Is there an album that uh, spurred your love of music? My love of music? Yeah. Um, yeah, The Phantom of the Opera, okay. the, the Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Uh, what, what was like... It's your... rocking, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the only... Uh, like when I was in concert band in high school, yeah. the only thing I remember from playing that piece is getting to do the Oh yeah, it's heavy. And doing that across timpani yeah. and feeling like Here's the thing, the here's an interesting coolest. thing. You wanna be you wanna make fun of me? Sure. Oh whatever. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, Angeloid, whatever. You think about that riff, because we can call that a riff. Yeah. If you think about that riff, and then any hardcore hipsters want to challenge me on that? Go listen to <laughs> Vengeance by Tragedy. Listen to the second song and tell me it's not exactly the same. <laughs> and then tell me it's not the hardest riff you've ever heard. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, I mean, yeah, yeah. my parents are folkies. I grew up with all that kind of whatever, all the all the usual things you might suspect, like yeah, the Stones and stuff. And I was playing in their band before. Like, I was playing Van Morrison, and I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Did I still you, don't really know what it is. Did you do the family band thing? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was on drums, so the, you know, I heard their band <laughs> pra- I heard their band practices, and I like knew all the songs just from hearing them. Yeah. But I don't know who they were by. That was. Uh, I still don't really. Uh, my family did that. My parents are both music teachers. Yeah. I have like a very early foundational memory of. Uh, in, in a school. No. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they're band teachers. They're band school. teachers. Yeah, oh, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Um. But I have yeah very early memory of my parents having this party, having a bunch of people over. Yeah. We were going to play. We played some music. Yeah. And then when we were done, my stepdad's friends left. And uh, it was all these people he used to be in a band with. And yeah. And like, yeah, we're going to play some of these songs we used to play. And Sean can play drums because that's what I was playing at the right. time. And 
they were like, you know, should I stay or should I go? And I was like, yeah, well enough. Yeah. Uh, and then played through the whole song and just kept it at the exact same tempo. Yeah. Whole time. Didn't really know the song very well. Yeah. But I was like, it's a rock beat. Yeah. People kept looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Kind of oh, because it goes to the double time. It goes double time. Yeah. It's just like, not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, do, do you think about uh, do you think back about that stuff fondly like the clash? That, no, <laughs> I mean that too, sure. But like playing playing with the family band. Oh, um, no. I mean, I'm glad it happened, but uh, I, 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 you know, um, I'm glad that they play without me now. <laughs> you know, and I'll still yeah. sit in, and it's fun. My, my dad's in like a British Invasion band. Okay, with yeah. actually our sound guy's dad, Kenny, uh, his dad Wayne. Uh, and uh, I had to play with them not that long ago. And it was really stressful because you think you know that material. You know, they're doing like pre, pretty much I don't care about music that happened before 1967. Right. Um, mostly. There are obvious exceptions, but it seems like that's kind of when music became uh, interesting. Yeah, it's and, like the uh, birth of like pop music, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, I'm just joking. I don't actually think that. Uh, but anyway, they do. They're like really militant about their their eras, and yeah. and so like they're doing like you know like trogs and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know this to he- to hear it. But then suddenly you're doing it. And you're like, oh, this is every song, and I have no idea. Like my brother and I, we we uh, we we had to back Wanda Jackson. We were like Wanda Jackson's band. Okay, and um, that was hard because all those songs are the same it's just like the blues like which yeah which version of the blues is this and but we're like rock and roll you know what i mean like that 90 percent of the songs just start like yeah yeah it's a one for the money yeah it's like every song is that uh very last question then in this side of things yes uh are there bands or artists from your neck of the woods that uh, you're a big fan of right now that uh, you think are doing some cool stuff? Yeah. Let me just think about this. Well, always Steve Lampke. Steve Lampke uh, is the best, I think, one of the best songwriters going. Yeah, I chatted with him in April, maybe? He's, he's, uh, yeah, that album is awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's masterful. Uh and I don't even know, like, like, I just, like, feel so weird and humbled by knowing him a lot of the time. Um, who else? Who else do we like? Help me out here, guys. Hopefully. Yeah, like, Which from... Oh, yeah, yeah, let's shout out Ingredient, Ian Kehoe and uh, Luca Kaplowski. Am I right about that? Yes, that's Kaplowski. Right. Uh they got a, a, both both brilliant in their own right, but they they've got a act, they've got their act together, um, where they've got an act together. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's kind of dive in the second part of things. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about a lot about La Luna. Um, are you guys playing the whole thing tonight? <laughs> you going straight? No. Yeah. I was like, good. So I could see it being workable-ish. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't even try to learn it. Yeah, that's so, much fun. so we can do it. Yeah, but we'll do it 
Yeah, if we're, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it in a spectacular way. Yeah. So it'll be a ballet, hopefully. I I think then like part of my que- uh, like bigger questions about the nature of the work is like how you go about putting something like that together. Yeah. Um, Valid question. Both like yeah, like conceptually, and then also just like just writing and recording wise like how the fuck does that work yeah um so i guess we'll kind of tackle that piece by piece sure um uh this might be overly technical but are you guys working on things in like separate sessions in like no it was all one long session okay yeah um i i did sort of like demoed the whole thing uh with two like i wrote it in a session Right. where I had two acoustic guitar tracks, one being the melody and one being uh, the whatever, the rhythm. Right. And, uh, and I wrote the whole thing like that, just uh, with chords and, and, and guitar playing a melody. Right. Uh, the overture first and then the rest based on the overture, as right. you would. And, uh, and then... Uh, after that, we we worked in that exact same session and started with drums and then bass and uh, yeah, so on and built it up that way. Did did you write stuff then pretty sequentially, like pretty much start at the beginning, wrote through until it's done for La Luna? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah I did the overture in in, in whatever I mean it, I created it in the order it stays in or stayed in, right. and then. Uh, also referenced it for the more sort of elaborated songs. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, um, also in order, I think. I can't really remember, but uh, uh, yeah, the all the music was finished as a sort of bed. Yeah, and then uh, I wrote the words. Yeah, probably in sequence too. Right. Uh, Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and then, um, and then we did drums, and then we did bass, and then we kind of built around that. Gotcha. So for the drums and bass, it must have been pretty peculiar uh, because it was just like a real rough uh, two acoustic guitar and a right. Know, yeah, when I went on into it, it was like I don't think there were any words on yeah, the track that we were not. doing. Yeah, and you would kind of tell me the vibe as we went along, and it was mostly just ski. And it was just like these insane drums. Like tracks. a lot of drums. And the drums were at well, the drums are what you hear. So yeah, they were yeah. Like, yeah. And then Wylin. Yeah. It was just really weird playing all these different pieces and like hearing the basic idea of them and then later on seeing the vision behind it or whatever. Well, you played the basic idea. <laughs> so so the, the question then I guess is like um how much of an idea of what this is going to sound like do you have in your head before people actually start playing on it? Or is part of the fun kind of, uh, uh, seeing where it goes or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I knew sort of like the, the, the breadth of which I wanted it to reach and also the sort of like, uh, the general vibe that I wanted it to have. But also, it didn't exactly stick with that. Originally, I think I wanted it to be like sort of like French pop, kind of like 
like yeah yeah grooves and stuff and it kind of just became more straight rock but yeah. uh you know that is uh if you don't sit down with the with uh with that in mind right off the bat then uh, it's hard to kind of make it that way after the fact so we just kind of let it uh speak for itself as far as a uh, son of a bitch i can't fucking thread this needle um yeah we just let it sort of speak for itself uh and sort of guide the way you know as as it was for the a lot of the lyrics too yeah i i guess like um where should i go here where this thread when, should go <laughs> through the needle when you're uh when you're writing stuff like that then um because because you're at poetry too yes um how much uh are you concerned about like meaning generally while you are writing and how extremely much... okay while i'm writing uh yeah every everything has to be uh exactly as i intend for it to be in the in the moment that it's happening and then uh afterward uh it's you know once you know like once you write a song it's not yours anymore yeah so at that point it's like okay well i hope i did a good job of uh communicating what i intended to in that moment because now i'm sort of separated from it and uh it's not up to me to interpret anymore it's up to me to reinterpret yeah uh, eventually but well because I, I feel like that some of that has to do with questions about like degrees of control yeah totally too, right yeah like i mean um, well i mean like we're we're in the entertainment business and i want but we're also um you know artists and we're communicating something and that communication is a two-way street and um so that it's important the only thing that's important to me is that something gets communicated that might uh, ignite something in somebody else. Right. Um, I don't want to communicate anything directly. I don't want to. I don't want to tell anybody what to do or how to do it or, or anything like that. Uh, we're in the business of ev- uh, invoking ideas. Have, uh, have you ever had people talk to you about the song? Just like not specifically this record, but. Uh you ever had people talk to you about your stuff and uh, say things about your work that you felt were so egregiously wrong that it was like difficult? I've never had to defend somebody else's like my my intent yeah. based on somebody else's opinion, but right. um, I I welcome any interpretations. I think that's the entire point. Yeah, uh, unless you're writing, um, you know, like selfish music or whatever. <laughs> so. Like, uh, like, um, what's his name? Like, uh, um, I really want to know who this is going to be. <laughs> who writes who's selfish that, music? Is that emo guy? No, no, I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> no, uh, what's his name? He was like the big emo guy. The big emo guy. Dashboard confessional. Oh, that oh. Guy. Yeah. I don't have no idea what his name is. I don't know what his name I is or no what his music is, but the music he, sounds like get... I was just under the impression that his music maybe is a little selfish. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a kind of interesting line between. I've never heard it, like, so it's not fair for me to say that. But isn't that like about? Is it's like kind of me, me, me? You know? Yeah. Well, there's an interesting line between whether something's like confessional, or whether it's selfish. Oh, I see the irony here because of his name, his band name. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to. I swear. <laughs> um, no, but I just think that's like you know I don't want to teach. You know. You know, yeah. we, we teach enough. A lot of musicians come to our shows, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like free lessons. <laughs> how to be a rock band. Well, it's actually not free. They got to buy a ticket. They do have to pay for the ticket. Yeah, traditionally. Um, so the, the other question here then about the record is like, um, you have this one piece that is essentially constructed to be one piece. Yeah. Um, how, Thanks. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> how how are you thinking about like, uh, like even just how do you guys refer to different sections of the same piece? Like, <laughs> honest to, to be completely honest, we have not referenced it in any way. <laughs> we we put it out, and yeah. then we're just like, well, no singles on this one, so I guess we'll see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I didn't listen to the excerpt that is hanging around on various streaming places. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot that about that. that is the intention behind. Yeah, that was like this sort of, uh, you know, that was sort of like uh, we were, as a business move. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, because then the other question is like, what what is kind of both the challenge and the benefit of putting out a record in that kind of format in the year of our Lord, 2022? Yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, you know, the challenge was, uh, making it and, uh, 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 marketing it and, uh, trying to get people to, uh, consume it and right. buy it or listen to it. Um, and the other challenge is, um, living with it. How do you, how do you mean? <laughs> you know, you do something like that and then people are like, come on, man, let's go. What do you got for us next? It's just <laughs> like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, generally it seems as if, uh, the things that you choose to do from moment to moment are, uh, like creatively. Are you calling me impulsive? <laughs> uh, I don't know is that a bad thing no i mean like yeah it's like, probably it's true like i like uh, to follow my impulse you know i think that uh that's why we have them what uh when you when you were starting this record then what was the impulse that i wanted to write an overture i wanted to write okay. a symphony and then i was like i don't know what that is so <laughs> i was like well i'll just make like a overture and then i'll uh you know repeating themes and i wanted the lyrics to be thematic and yeah and the music also uh and that's kind of that was sort of the end thought was right. was that and i wanted to speak about uh whatever personal spirituality but in a vague uh, uh non-confrontational or non uh, uh you know a preachy fashion yeah yeah what 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 is interesting to you then about the moon is like a symbolic or or like as imagery um I mean, I think it's a. I think it's a matter of 
it, it's it's a question of uh, cycles, and it's a question of um, uh, control and and release, and it's a question of uh, you know, um, it's it's kind of difficult to say. I mean. Well, yeah, it's tough too because I'm not trying to push you into like this. Uh, tell me what it's about. No, answer, sure, yeah, that, that's meaningless too, right? Well, but, there are. I mean, there is meaning. There is there is meaning behind it, and the, for sure, there yeah. is symbol, intentional symbolism and all of that. But um, you know, I think it's more fun and interesting and true. I think it's more true if you uh, find it in it yourself. You know. Yeah. And I, d- I don't mean to negate your job. I just mean like, <laughs> a, um, you know, I, I understand the intent of uh, this kind of communication and this kind of uh, thing. But yeah, at, yeah. at the same time, you know, I think that music is sort of the most sacred thing. And uh, that, co- that communication, I think, is sort of beyond language and beyond intent- intention or, or even symbolism. And has everything to do with uh, what? Uh, it really has nothing to do with me or my intention. It has everything to right. do with uh, whatever uh, the listener may decide, and that's why it's so magical. Yeah, I mean, it it, it makes sense to me to, um, like, uh, you're listening to paintings, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like. Um, well, paintings are music. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't look at I don't know. Name a good painting. Um, you can tell I'm not a huge visual art guy. But, That's okay. But like, um, you're you're not looking at it and you think, uh, wow, Monet, those are some nice. That's a nice bridge in London you done sure. painted. Yeah, it yeah. Makes me think of London. Yeah. Um, it's all about using kind of concrete things to provoke some kind of emotional re- response beyond the thing that yeah is and present. there is and there is of course the the language which you speak that is uh, part part of that communication but also beyond that you know um, if I were to listen to say uh, you know Norwegian music uh, right I don't understand the language but I'm still uh, you know, creating emotions based on what I'm hearing and based on how the language sounds. And yeah. there's so many variables that uh, that are important beyond like a direct message. Um, so I, I think having bo- both of those elements, uh, you know, when you do speak the language of the music you're listening to, um, it's sort of just like um, twice as nice and yeah. half the price. Do you are you somebody who goes back and edits a lot no. after you've done a first pass on something? No, I I, I don't bother. I I just trust my instinct. Yeah. Is it? Uh, hmm. Because I think stuff either goes one of two ways for me, which yeah. is that it's uh, I write something all the way through and yeah. it works, and then I don't have to fix it. Or I write something all the way through and there's a couple little spots where something doesn't work and no matter what, I can never fix them. Right, right, right. Like, it, it depends on the size of the problem, right? Like, you can change, like, we to you or whatever, yeah. like tenses of things. Yeah. But, um, you know, if a line is just bad, it's really, really hard to put a good one in after. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I try, I try not to do bad ones. <laughs> no, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, I just think, um, I don't, I don't know. I've been doing this a long time and I think that I've refined, uh, my practice to a point where I know when it's right to write and I know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have to. I don't have to have a situation happen onto me or anything like that right. or any of that stuff that's actually bullshit. Uh, you know, you hear these guys and it's always guys um, <laughs> being like, uh, oh, yeah, like, I just like, I got to be broken up with or whatever to like <laughs> write a song. And then they're just like the, the shitty friggin' guys writing <laughs> shitty music. Um you know, you don't need those things. You, you know, if you if you're passionate about music, um, I feel like there isn't a moment where you couldn't stop and make it. Yeah. Well. Well, this gets into to like this question of like, um, like what your kind of creative practice looks like in terms of, like. How how much do you treat this like like work? Like it 100% is one hundred percent job like work i work every single day i was gonna say yeah are you writing then most days not necessarily writing um but uh in some capacity working on this or adjacent things or all i mean it's all connected and it's all the same thing you know um uh but yeah uh pretty well uh from from when I wake up to when I go to sleep, that's what I'm doing. Has that been pretty consistent for a long time? Yes. Yeah. And I love it, uh, which is why I keep doing it and why I will always keep doing it. Um, no matter how things go really, uh, (laughs) because I think it's important, you know, and, uh, I feel, uh, grateful and lucky, but also, I mean, lucky within reason because I also work hard but I've, I'm grateful uh, that uh, there might be people interested in what I'm doing and um, uh, which, which can enable me to continue to explore and do that thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the point. I'm not, uh, I'm not racing toward anything other than uh, the continuance of what is happening. Yeah. The exploration is uh, the point. I'm going to ask you one more very tangential question yes. sorry, before the end. It kind of loops into the stuff we were just talking about. Yeah. My little brother is yeah. trying to write songs. Yeah. 16 years old. Yeah. Sent me a text message maybe a month ago and said, uh, uh, Sean, how do I know when the lyrics I'm writing aren't shit? Yeah. Um, you got any hot tips? Uh, don't, I would say, I mean, everybody's different, so it's, it's difficult to say. I I would say, uh, my, my opinion would be don't try to write from somebody else's perspective as a practice. Um, don't write, if you're writing from personal experience, which, you know, we're all human beings and we can all, imagine 
what it might be like <laughs> to experience something without actually experiencing it. So if you if you if you feel like you can't write because you have no experience, which you know, I mean, when we're sixteen, we don't have the experience that we do when we're whatever twenty five or yeah. however old. Um, uh, use your imagination. That would be my <laughs> advice. Make it up. Yeah. And because there, there is always truth in anything like that because you're thinking about it and it's all a matter of opinion anyway. Even if you're telling uh, the hand of God truth, you know, um, don't forget that you're an entertainer and don't forget that uh, there are many ways to, uh, you know, don't don't sit there all day and try to figure out what rhymes with love. Just uh, you know, because it's pretty limited. Yeah. Um, just uh, I don't know. Speak from your heart and speak from your experience and speak from your dreams and what, what, uh, and don't worry about it. They are gonna be shit. You know, they're gonna be shit, and then they won't be eventually if you keep doing it, like anything. Uh, that's not good advice like oh you're 16 your songs are gonna be shit like that's not actually true sorry Ned your songs they're not very good no no that's not that's not that's not what I meant I just mean uh, and I also don't believe that uh, things get necessarily you don't get better with age necessarily you know Uh, but um, if you're curious and stay curious then you will well, uh, well, we'll call it there. I, I normally <laughs> uh, we normally play a track at, at yeah. the end of the episode. Uh, what are you thinking? I can play part one, part two. I can just put the whole thing at the oh, end. Oh no, it's so long. Um, <laughs> just play somebody else's song. Play like uh, play like. Um, do you like the Incredible String Band? I don't know the. Incredible okay, String well, Band. look them up and then choose a song. Am I going to be able to license it? <laughs> oh no, you won't. Um, uh, okay, let's see. Uh, play. Um, What's good? Uh, I don't know. Play side B, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I will play side B. Is there a actually? Is the whole thing in one session, or did you do side side like side A side oh, B? Oh no, different? it was it was all one. We and I yeah. and I was like, oh right, records. There has to be. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a letdown. But then, so whatever, we found a sort of the almost middle ground. Yeah. yeah. To. Uh, Maybe I actually did think pre- think of that beforehand, and and I had a spot that that was in, was intended to be the, the yeah. side break. Um, I must have. Cool. Well, yeah, we're gonna listen to side B from okay, uh, side Luna. B. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for uh, yeah for coming on the show again. Thank you very much uh, for having me.
of war, tender fruit in the groves of war.
convincingly shed of the When I got nothing on my mind Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. The featured track, La Luna Part 2, was played with permission from Daniel Romano. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song, Nothing on My Mind, from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website, cupsandcakespod.com, to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups letter n cakespod.com thanks for listening